What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Gamer Heroes, a Heroes Podcast Network production. Each episode, we discuss the latest gaming news and then bring on a guest or two for an in-depth discussion on specific games, franchises, and more. It's game time. Greetings, programs, and welcome back to Gamer Heroes. I am your host, Derek. Thank you for coming back. This week, this episode, we will be traveling to Appalachia to discuss Fallout 76, the latest game in the Fallout video game franchise. I've got two guests coming on to talk about that. But first up is, of course, our news segment, things that we have going on in the world. There is not a ton that I really want to talk about. Um, First, of course, uh, not related to gaming is the events of the last uh, week or so that have really put a spotlight on problems that have been in our society for hundreds of years. Um, lots of bad stuff going on, but there's some good coming out of it as well. We've seen a lot of of good people out there trying to do good things, and I'm not sure if you saw our posts or not on HeroesPodcast.com or at GamerHeroesPod. Um, or any of our Heroes Podcast Network um, social media outlets. But we here at the network support Black Lives Matter, and we support all of the uh, peaceful protesters and everyone donating and speaking up and sharing these stories about things like police brutality and other um, I- other issues surrounding racism and things of that nature. I'm not going to speak on this for, for very long, of course, because my goal here is to provide some positivity and some fun for you on your commute or whenever it is that you listen to the podcast, but we do take this very seriously and we hope that you do as well. Um, So with that in mind, we were thinking we would have some big news to talk about this week because Sony had planned their big PlayStation five event um, where they were going to supposedly reveal the PS five and we were going to get to see it and hear about maybe some launch titles and and that kind of thing. Uh, but this has been postponed uh, indefinitely. We don't have a date for it. They made a post on June 1st. I'm just going to read it verbatim here. Quote, we have decided to postpone the PlayStation 5 event scheduled for June 4th. While we understand gamers worldwide are excited to see PS5 games, we do not feel that right now is a time for celebration. And for now, we want to stand back and allow more important voices to be heard. End quote. Uh, I'm assuming this has to do with the death of George Floyd and police, the protests against police brutality. Uh, of course, it doesn't specifically say that, but that is what I am inferring from it. Um, so we don't have that to talk about, which is totally fine. I, th- I think they made the right decision. 
Um, so the really the only news piece that I want to talk about, because I think it's kind of fun, uh, is the Game Gear Micros. So there's been kind of a, a small slate of mini consoles, right? Uh, Nintendo released the NES Classic and the SNES Classic. There's been some other uh, Sega consoles and Atari consoles, just basically smaller scale versions of retro or classic video game consoles with a bank of games pre-installed on them. And uh, they've been pretty fun. I have both Nintendo consoles and I've been looking into getting some of the others because I just I think they're a fun way to just kind of randomly play some games. Sega's decided to release the Game Gear Micro, so not mini. The Micro is very tiny, at least based on the photos that we have. If you look back to the Game Boy Micro, this is even smaller, if you can believe it. Um, they come in four colors, uh, black, red, blue, and yellow, I think. Uh, I'm kind of colorblind, so I apologize if it's like a lime green or something. What's weird about this is that, aside from its incredibly tiny size, each one will only come with a single game, right? So whereas the NES Classic had 60 titles, the SNES Classic had 30 titles, this has one title each per color, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, they're going to be about $50 a piece as well. So if you want all four games, it's going to cost you about $200, which is really kind of crazy. Then it turns out that they changed their mind a little bit that one game per console wasn't going to make people happy. So now they'll have four games per console. Not a huge increase. It still means there'll be 16 games out there and you'll have to spend about $200 to get all 16 games. But I mean, I don't know if, if, if game gear games were your thing, if you're a game gear enthusiast and you just, you enjoy these mini micro consoles, Hey, all power to you, right? Um, it's, it's still video games. It's still for fun. But it's still kind of expensive when, when you think about what it is. We have very little data on it, um, so I can't tell you anything like battery life uh, you know, or charge time or even how it's charged. I'm assuming some type of USB type charger right? at this particular point. Um, they look nice. They're cute looking. They're really adorable, but you know, we'll have to wait and see what the game slate is for each one. I assume they're going to be spreading out so each one has some like big hit game. Right. So you'll want to get more than one is my assumption, but we don't really know yet. So we'll have to wait on that. They're kind of slated to, to, to come out soon. We don't have an, a release date yet, so I'll keep everybody posted on that kind of thing. And we'll just have to see what happens on those. In other news, so things I've been playing recently, I've been playing a lot of Fallout, and we'll be talking about that, but I also started playing Star Wars Battlefront 2 because it's free this month to PS Plus players so if you have a playstation and you have ps plus it's just like xbox live gold you get this game for free it's one of two games this month the other is call of duty world war ii and uh for a free game i mean it's fantastic i've i've just started playing it with some friends i played the first one well you know the the remake the more recent ea star wars battlefront not the old one i played the original too but i, I played this reboot remake sequel first one very briefly, I didn't get really into it. I, I really like having a campaign. I didn't have friends who were really interested in playing at the time. And so this new one is wonderful. First off, I've got some friends to play with now, so that, that certainly helps. But the campaign looks really cool, and the graphics are awesome. And then the, you can have these massive 40-on-40 battles where you can get in ships and walkers and different um, classes of characters. You can even get to, you know 
real canon characters, you know, Luke, Leia, Vader, Darth Maul, Yoda, that kind of thing. And from what I can tell from playing through it, it's just, it's just really fun. Um, of course there, it has the same problem. A lot of multiplayer battle games have where you've got some people who like, this is their thing. This is what they do. And so they always have the best character or the best vehicle. And, you know, they're just destroying everybody, but that doesn't mean it's not fun. It's a, it's a team game. It's 40 on 40. So even if the top ranks are that way, you can still have a lot of fun and your team can still win really, you know, really regularly. Um, you know, we played for about four hours and, uh, I think we only lost once or twice. So, you know, it's still balanced pretty well. I had a really good time with it. I'm looking forward to playing it some more this week. And, uh, if anything interesting comes up from that, I'll let you know, but that's, that's really what I've been doing. On the Xbox side, not a lot of exciting Game Pass games this week. I do want to point out Destroy All Humans is out there available uh, until the 15th of June. So if you want it, you're going to have to go out there and get that one pretty quickly. There's three other titles, including uh, Coffee Talk, which is relatively new. That'll be available from the 16th to to July 15th, if that's something that you're interested in. So there you go. There you have it. That's my new segment this week. So what are we doing? We're talking Fallout. The Fallout franchise has been around for a long time. The first game came out way back in 1997 and was quickly followed up in 1998 with its sequel, Fallout 2. It took 10 more years before we saw Fallout 3, and then another 7 before we saw Fallout 4 in 2015, which was the beginning of my introduction to the franchise, as you'll hear in the, the main topic today. Um, there are other games, of course, in the franchise. Fallout New Vegas was incredibly uh, popular and, and beloved. That was in 2010. And then now Fallout 76 was released in the fall of 2018, October of 2018. And I've been playing that one pretty heavily uh, ever since. I've got uh, two different characters and I've been really enjoying it, especially with the Wastelanders update. There are other games, right? There's Fallout Shelter, there's Fallout Tactics, there's a few others. Um, but these are kind of the, the core games. You have the, the four main series games and then New Vegas and 76 are kind of the big spinoff titles. So that's what we'll be talking about. Um, just so you have a frame of reference, I play on PlayStation 4. My guest Jordan plays on PlayStation 4. And then my second guest Ryan plays on both PS4 and PC. So you'll get some PC perspective there. Unfortunately, none of us play on Xbox. I did play four for a limited time on Xbox and I'm probably going to go back to it now that it's part of game pass. So there you go. There you have it. All right. Well, so that's what we're going to be talking about. There will be very light spoilers. We really don't go into story content, especially for wastelanders. There's no spoilers for wastelanders, but if you've really going in completely blind, we're going to talk about the world. We're going to talk about content that's been added and taken away and bugs and things that we've enjoyed or not enjoyed and what's kept us playing for, you know, a year and a half or more at this point. So I hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back here in just a second. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. Hey, everybody. I am back and I am really excited to talk about Fallout 76 and the Fallout franchise here with two of my buddies. I have my co-host, my cohort of over 200 episodes on Screen Heroes, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi. Your favorite co-host. You forgot that part, but I whatever. Think, I, it's fine. I think my wife is my favorite co-host. I don't, I don't know if I agree, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, and then we also have our longtime friend, gamer, and D&D buddy, Jordan Sepper. Seeper, but thank you. Seeper? Yeah. It's, I've been saying your name wrong for like five years, and you just now told me live on my podcast. Okay, how many times do you actually use my name, my last name in discussion? I feel horrible about this. <laughs> you should, because now it's recorded forever. And I'm not going to edit it out, because that would not be cool. I am so sorry. You're fine. Jordan Seeper. Don't worry, telemarketers get it wrong all the time. I feel horrible about that. Well, people call me Meyer all the time instead of Mayor. I get that a lot. All right. Well, anyway, let's get the ball rolling here. We're here to talk Fallout 76. So, Fallout 76 uh, was released in October of 2018. So, we're closing in quickly on the two year mark for the game, the new uh, latest introduction into the franchise. Um, real quick, guys, what's your Fallout? background where where did you come into this game at what have you played before how familiar are were you with it jordan let's start with you uh well actually fallout 76 was my first fallout game um as long as you don't count uh the little mobile game where you can build the shelter yeah the, the shelter one um after playing fallout 76 with you guys i finally expanded to four three and i'm currently going through new vegas so and uh i also do have one and two downloaded so eventually i do want to play the whole series uh back uh chronologically ryan what about you well i'm not one of those people that feels like i need to play every game in a franchise um one and two from what i've heard are so different from the ones that i played and enjoyed that i don't have any desire to really go back and play those personally but i Played through three was my first uh, Fallout game. I played it on, I think, Xbox 360 and PC. I played it on both. And then uh, New Vegas and four, which I did a series for uh, Gamer Heroes, I think, at the time, uh, live streamed on Twitch of the Tales of Derek, where I role played Derek in Fallout 4. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I recreated his house in Fallout 4 and, yeah, Mm -hmm. lots of fun stuff. Um, And then, yeah, Fallout 76. Awesome. And then, so for me, uh, I barely played Fallout 4. I uh, got it when it first came out and got really overwhelmed with the number of quests and the things that you could do. And I just didn't have the time for it back then. And so it just sat around gathering dust, unfortunately. And then I jumped into this. Um, The big thing, I know that, the fact that this was a multiplayer game and there wasn't at least at launch any real core solo campaign um, that that really s- turned off a lot of people. But for me, this gave me an opportunity to really dive into this world and explore it with three of my best friends. Um, and we played 
weekly for like a year on this game before we switched things up and started playing some other stuff, but we're still playing this, um, you know, nearing the two year mark, which is pretty cool. Um, so let's talk about, you know, where the game started from, because it's really come a very long way and we'll get to where it is today and where it's going, but it's kicking things off from the beginning. Um, you know, it was, it was a rocky start to be sure. What, what about the game really kept you going that made you continue to play it? Even with all of the technical issues that it had, whoever has something to say there. Well, uh, for me, I mean, I'm just a huge Fallout fan of the newer games. And so, you know, it still felt like core Fallout. Um, you know, a lot of the mechanics, like the VATS whole system was whole, wholly changed for this. And, um, you know, but the but everything in the game was mostly lifted from Fallout 4, all the assets and everything else. So, you know, at a primitive level, I felt somewhat familiar with it. And, uh and the graphics since day one, in my opinion, have been pretty amazing. The, the environmental effects and God rays and, you know, uh, lighting through, um, through the whole thing have been awesome through Appalachia. And so, you know, I think that there was a lot hidden, you know, uh, underneath the surface level that kept me coming back. And, you know, it, it was a huge heartbreak when everybody hated it and, you know, you get laughed at when you said you're, that was the game you were playing and how dare you like that game. But I did like it. I pre-ordered it for PS4 and for PC um, with the uh, helmet, whatever the helmet version was called power armor. I think the power yeah. armor version um, for both. So I got two helmets and all this other stuff. Yeah. So was, I was, I was excited for it. And I think in the early days I was, a little bit frustrated by the bugs, but everything else about it that I mentioned was very good. Jordan? I think um, just the enticingness of the Fallout universe itself. Like I said, before Fallout 76, I've heard of it, and I never dove into it before. And then, of course, the perspective of joining three other friends um, for a new experience was just enlightening to me. It was kind of cool to, you know, hey, what's this creature? I've never heard of that. And everybody chipping in to kind of bring me into the world uh, is kind of what kept me in there in the long term. It was a whole new world to me, never been there before and everyone else showing me the way in and then hearing the rich backstory behind the brotherhood and uh, Raiders and all this different stuff. And even just the different stories of the vaults, you know, there, there's so much here to get into it kept me in the game and then introduced me to the other games down the line. Yeah. I definitely think the aesthetic was a huge part of it for me. You know, fall, it has a very specific style and tone to it that I really enjoy. I love the, the, the technology and the fake advertisements and the way it, it kind of handles corporatism in a very tongue in cheek, sarcastic manner. Um, I really enjoy that. I, I like it a lot. Um, the, the camp system was a big piece of that for me because it allowed me to kind of carve out my own little corner of Appalachia in this style and having it be this more kind of go in any direction you want style of play rather than it being very directed really allowed me to just do whatever I felt like 
which is rare for a game uh, to feel that freedom of, of just doing what you feel like doing, you know, uh, with four, four felt weird for me. Cause you know, you're, like you're trying to find your kid and you know, your wife was murdered, but you know, you go on all these side quests for tens and tens of hours while there's that supposedly really important thing happening. Um, in here, it was nice to kind of have that pressure off and just be an explorer to kind of see what's out there. I really enjoyed that quite a bit. And the social aspect was huge for me. Um, my favorite memories in this game, every single one of them, is when we were playing as a group. Uh, sure, I did some fun stuff on my own, but when we were together doing crazy stuff, blowing things up, fighting monsters, whatever it was, that, that was the most fun for me. It's worth noting that the camp system that they'd used in this game was not an original like fallout mechanic. That was, that didn't come into the game until four, which a lot of fallout players did not really like four um, because it changed a bunch of the systems and the camp system was part of that in four. It was more restricted to like specific plots that you were given that you could kind of build up. Whereas in this one, I mean, most of the map is available to you to, uh, to set up a camp and it was that that part was enticing to me also is we all enjoyed especially early on building a camp and inviting your friends over to check it out and seeing what the other person built i know jordan really got into that and really liked showing off his camp and really we all did but um yeah i i think that's a really unique the amount of depth to the building system was pretty impressive and it only got more impressive as time went on too Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's some YouTube videos out there of people who have like tutorials on how to do certain things that, you know, are clearly they were never the intention for camp construction, but are just incredibly specifically amazing thinking outside the box ways of using the game's mechanics to put things in places you shouldn't normally be able to get to and structure things in certain ways that are unique and getting very clean designs. That's something I struggle with all the time is I've gotten better at it, but like having like my power lines all over the place and stuff like that. Some people have made it an art form. And I think the multiplayer nature of this brought out a part of the community that um, was, was smaller in, in the previous games because it was more solo you know, here you could really share with people because you could go interact with them, right? There's stories of people who, you know, have created little groups of, of medics whose entire role-playing adventure is providing chems and assistance to, to other players, right? Or, you know, there's bounty hunters who specifically go after other players who are harassing people. Uh, th those are things that just couldn't have existed in the previous games. That's just a really unique thing to this. And, set against this backdrop of this dark post-apocalyptic world, it's kind of cool seeing how much the player base kind of came together, even in, in the, even in the controversy of how rough the game launch was. Yeah. And a funny thing about that is that, I mean, we all remember when the game was announced and uh, you know, they talked about the PVP quite a bit, like this is, this is how the PVP is going to be. We know you're going to want to kill everybody. And it was, and then you get into the game and nobody wanted to kill anybody. Like I got harassed like less than 10 times, probably the entire time I played, like to the point where I thought somebody was trying to kill me. Uh, or destroy my camp. And early on in the game, you could destroy other people's camps. That was a real thing. And that was devastating to get your camp torn down by somebody. But um, yeah, th so they were really surprised at how the community ended up 
uh, kind of embracing the kindness and goodness of the game, which is kind of a contrast to the real world right now. But um, yeah, they they were very surprised by that, and they kind of lean into that too. So, mm-hmm. Jordan, are there any aspects along those lines? Anything that you experienced or or enjoyed in that way? I mean, yeah. I mean, I I ran across a couple people in my time too that were more helpful. Like uh, Ryan was saying, there was a couple people that would kind of mess with you to begin with, but like I I ran into more people that would help me out in the whole thing than anything else. You know, uh, I go wander in the wrong area. I'm taking down, trying to take on a scorch beast, and I'm level twenty or something like that. And somebody else comes in, like, hey, I'll help you out real quick, and you know, doesn't give me any trouble, and you know, spare, share the spoils and move on. So different stuff like that and especially the other good part uh we have now not just the camp aspect but now we have the trading aspect with our uh the vending machine systems that we have going on it brings a whole new kind of uh thing with the people you know you have them hey not only your friends come check out my camp but you know you got the vending machines that bring people in and say hey come see what i did here and also see if there's something you want to buy Yeah, and I I especially like that most people I come across are not trying to rip people off when they're selling things. Like, don't get me wrong, those people exist, right? I'm one of them. (laughs) Uh, But the truth is, like, most of the time I'll go to people's camps and, you know, maybe they have stuff I'm not interested in, that's fine. But it's rare that I look at something and just feel like it's, it's outrageously priced. People seem to want that back and forth. You know, they want to sell their stuff so they can go and buy stuff and they want to keep that train going. And again, that's, it's a unique social aspect that the rest of the franchise just doesn't have that, that I really appreciate. Yeah, the best part of the vending machine system for me was now you get like 40 more fast travel points on the map and it's all people's camps. So if you're really into camp building uh, and seeing what's out there rather than trading, you now know where pretty much everybody's camps are and you can go check out what their build looks like. And there's no two that are exactly the same. They're all unique and different. And it's, it's a really good way of getting ideas for your own build too. Yeah. I mean, there are two camps in particular that, that I thought just design wise were amazingly creative. Uh, one was on the top of a mountain and the only way to get there was to fast travel there. And uh, unless you had a jetpack. You know, and so I don't have a jetpack. I still don't um, after all this time. I still um, need one too. <laughs> and, and so like, yeah, I fast traveled there and, you know, it was a really cool design and everything, you know, lots of, of out, you know, lookout points and things like that. Of course, it's, it's gorgeous. Back to what Ryan was saying early on, the map is gorgeous. Just the nature is really beautiful. Um, you know, but then to get back down, it was actually safer to just fast travel somewhere else. Um, and then the other one was in the middle of a road, you could see, uh, the very top of, uh, one of the bases that you can play. And if you interact with it, it brings you underneath the map and the person's entire camp was built underground. And, you know, obviously they're kind of taking advantage of a bit of a glitch, but you know, it's not like it's doing anything harmful to anybody it's not really giving them any kind of advantage it's just a fun glitch to to play around with and the whole thing's underground and then you just go back up the stairs and you can go back up to the normal the normal level and i just i appreciate that i think it's a unique way to play the game and and take advantage of the video game world without hurting other players in the process 
I had a I had an under map build for a while on PC. It was kind of cool, but it got a little annoying having to sit down every time you wanted to go into your camp, and so I ended up moving it. The only problem I've had with that is there was one camp I went to. The guy kind of um, used the glitch in the wrong way, like you know where you wanted to go into check his vending machine and it would actually glitch you out of his camp and i fell like two stories in the camp version into the ground and i couldn't get out he like made a hole so it was a little prank uh prank vending machine that's unfortunate yeah there's definitely been some reports of the of of those types of camps, right? Where people have built like traps inside of them to trap people in with like a death claw or something like that. Um, you know, but I, I've actually never come across one of those myself. I've only come across that one and then um I have seen other ones where like they've had a the one turned into like a fight arena somebody had like you would fall in and there'd be another guy waiting for you and other people watching you kind of thing like kind of a tricky into like why is there 15 people in the same spot and all of a sudden you realize you're in a, a fighting pit in the middle of fallout 76 <laughs> like i was not ready for this <laughs> that's interesting so of course now we're you know a year and a half or more actually uh into the game and a lot a lot has changed uh the biggest update to the game at least uh, that that came along first that is is nuclear winner which is the battle royale mode. Was there anything really big before that that I'm forgetting? That was the first big change. I think so, yeah. Um, well, there was wait, what was that? What was that other PVP mode they had survival mode or whatever it was? That was at launch, but then they removed it. That was not there at launch. It wasn't? No. Oh, really? No, that came second. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I well, think then... it's I think it's still there. No, survival mode. No, they disabled it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was basically a mode where you – basically all the PvP rules were off, and in, you dropped more of your loot when you died. Instead of just dropping your junk, you dropped some of your aid and things like that. Um, and there were there were objectives that if you completed these objectives every week, then you would get a unique legendary weapon. Um, but nobody really played it except to go like sneak around and try and get the weapon without fighting anybody. So that was, it didn't really suit what the community was doing in the game. Yeah. I actually never played survival mode. Uh, that just never interested me at all. You know, um, just kind of like a hard, it's basically like a hardcore mode, you know? Um, and that's just, that's not really what I, I play these games for. Um, so then, yeah. So then they had the, the nuclear winner, um, now that was a, a pretty different style to the game. Um, that the whole thing takes place inside of a, a simulation in a vault, right? It's not supposed to be real, uh, so it's a game within a game, and it's a up to fifty player battle royale. You can be in teams up to four, and there's at the moment there's two different maps at launch. There was just Flatwoods, and as time goes on, it's the Ring of Fire shrinks into different areas. And if you get caught in the fire, you'll probably die. And last person standing or last team standing wins. Uh, this is a mode that we actually still play together every Wednesday. Um, I really like it. I've really enjoyed it. What did you guys think when that first came out? Were you, were you thinking that we would still be playing it a year later? 
Personally, I did not. Um, <laughs> uh, well, it's because, you know, it was just, uh, how can I put it? I'm in trouble with this. Um, it's following so many other games, like you got the Fortnite game, uh, Apex Legends, other games of that nature. The Battle Royale mode just was taking off. I'm like, I just did not see Fallout being able to work it in. Like, I mean, from what we've done in adventure mode, I never thought it was going to last as long, but the perks are getting a little fun. Certain things are still getting a more annoying. And while we play, like I still hate frog legs to the end of my days. Um, but um, the weapons have gotten a little bit better. They've buffed some, they've debuffed some. And overall, it, you know, it's it's only getting better with time, so I'm actually pleasantly surprised how much we still do enjoy it, and it does seem like they try to pay attention to it. It doesn't seem like it's getting it's getting better, but not worse. So I'm happy with it. I didn't think we were gonna play it more than maybe like the first night because, and Derek's gonna take this personally, but <laughs> um, it's because Derek is not he doesn't want a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. When we're, when we're playing a game against other players, he takes it very personally when he fails and, and feels like he causes the team to die. So, you know, this is, a game, this is a game mode where there's only four of us. So if one person fucks up, then the whole team is probably going to die, you know, depending on what the mistake is. And, you know, the, the way the game ends up being most of the time is that we just sit around for 25 minutes until the last like five minutes of the match. And then one of us decides to, we either get ambushed or one of us decides to start attacking and waits for everybody else to help them. And we usually all get wiped, but um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't foresee us playing that for very long because of that, but I was pleasantly surprised. Derek is very much into the hiding in bushes and uh, you know, watching other people fight game mode which is fine with me i don't mind it we get a lot of experience doing that so <laughs> you make it you make it sound so bad though i mean come on we we're, we almost always make it into the top 10 yeah but, just hiding yeah. in bushes like it, <laughs> it isn't really like we're doing something honorable we're literally just trying to blend it we we literally picked the outfit that we wanted our group to wear because it blended into the bushes the best true <laughs> But we also got to say, too, you're talking about um, Derek might not like this mode, but he's kind of been our MVP multiple times. Mm, like he, he, now I'm saying he's, oh. he's you, you've been really good at like, you know, we get wiped and you'll last to like the last two. And you I think you even won us our first match. I'm 90% sure you won us. Yeah, but that was a full team contribution. I don't think it's fair to say that the last person alive won us the match, but no, Ryan's right because it was all we we were all there until the last like thirty seconds, and I happened to be the last person standing and managed to kill the other guy. You know, um, at that point, any like strategy had had been gone. Right, yeah, Derek we, was literally running around with a revolver. Yeah, I had a revolver. Like, exactly. trying to spam shots at the guy, and uh-huh. you know, it was just pure luck. I'm convinced, but that's fine. We won it, no, so I don't care. It was, and on the flip side of that, I remember one time specifically we uh, we had ended we had gotten stuck in the church because we had had the unfortunate situation of being uh, we we didn't really quite realize where the fire was going to stop and we got caught inside the church you guys remember that yes (laughs) i remember it the one guy guy on the roof and yeah there was one other guy outside of it 
And it was one of those things where we just had to survive. And I happened to be stuck in the last area to get caught in the ring of fire. And if it had, if that circle had just moved a few meters in my direction, I would have lived and he would have died. But you know, I wasn't as lucky that time. So I was the one who got killed, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, we've all had our MVP moments. I mean, if I had to pick one, it would be Jordan because Jordan pretty much consistently kills the most people of all of us. Um, You know, part of that, part of that, yeah, is that he gets the heavy weapons and, so he can just hold the right trigger down and spam, you know, a hundred shots while the rest of us are trying to reload and move and everything else. And, uh, you know, but whatever the case, he's consistently always the highest kills and, you know, has saved my butt a bunch of times and everybody's, but he's also gotten me killed before. So, you know, I still hold a little bit of a grudge, but whatever. I know if, if I'm going to throw any, you gonna throw anyone like that it's gonna be solved with john you know john's like hey let's go this way and just run right at the guys so <laughs> yeah you talk about people getting us killed hey they don't see us yet hey let's go shoot those guys john no <laughs> I, next thing you know rocket comes our way and all three of us are dead and john's still running uh so then of course they, they added a second map they have morgantown now and so you get to vote um, that was the big change that they've made to it so far. Uh, and then they added the private servers for Fallout First, which was another controversial moment for the game. Uh, Fallout First is a premium service where you can essentially rent a private server uh, of Fallout 76, your own instance of the world. It can support up to eight players, um, and whoever is renting it, you know, needs to to be in there most of the time anyway. There's a f- couple small exceptions. Um, and if you buy for the whole year up front, it comes out to like $99 a year or something like that for the whole year. If you buy the full year, it comes with atoms. You get uh, 1,650 atoms a month added to your account. That's for the, the atomic shop. We'll talk about that. And uh, yeah, any thoughts on Fallout first? What was your gut reaction to that? Were were you one of the people that were upset by that? I had no inkling to even get in there myself. I mean, I put a little bit of money into the atomic shop like you're talking about, but nothing about the private server really made me want to spend that extra money. And the extra hundred bucks was not appealing to me at all. On my PC account, I've been subscribed since pretty much the first week. Um, I just recently canceled my subscription because I didn't like the direction things have been, uh, going lately, but, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I didn't use the private world that much. It's the only thing that was really handy for me was it stays active for like five minutes after you leave. So if you want to transfer stuff between characters on your account, it's a really good way of doing that. You just shove the stuff into like a suitcase somewhere and then come back on your other character and it'll be there. Um, so that was really handy, but you know, the, the biggest thing for me was the scrap box and the, and the tent. Um, but the scrap box, in my opinion, was something that should be in the base game and not paid for. Um, the fallout first as a whole is a, I, I'm not the biggest fan of, I do think that it's, it was nice. I was spending money on Adams anyway. So basically the money I spent on Adams is now, was now getting me other things. Um, so yeah, I, I was okay with it for me, but I can definitely understand where a lot of people's uh, 
issues were with it and where they continue to be with it because it's still they're not really giving people what they said they were going to be giving people when it first launched so people are pretty disappointed about that yeah so I, i'm with you there uh, the scrap box and, and the tent are, are the two big things the atoms are nice uh but i usually don't spend a lot of money in the atom store i've spent you know my fair share of course but um, I, I've had it for, I think like four months in total. I've just paid for a few individual months, uh, at times mainly for the scrap box. And yeah, I don't know why, why they made that such a premium feature. You know, the initial thought was, well, everything's limited just because of their performance, but now it's like, but all these fallout first people get to keep that scrap box and move it into a public server. So I don't really know how that helps anybody, but, um, to your point, Ryan, let's, we've been very positive about the game, but let's be fair. It is an imperfect game that has had a slew of issues and, and still does, right? Last night we were playing and I actually got stuck between a truck and a rock. And I had to just wait for the fire to kill me. Wait for the sweet, sweet embrace of death. (laughs) Right? Like, you know, I tried everything. I tried blowing myself up and I tried, you know, crazy, whatever. Um, so Ryan, to your point, what are some of the things you think, um, especially with, with fall first, since we were just talking about that, we can move on to other stuff is not going in the right direction. Well, one of the things that when they first announced the game was that they said that there were no like boosts that you're going to be able to buy that give you an advantage over other players. Um, no consumables essentially um, and that the atomic shop was just going to be for cosmetics. And, uh, we all know that that has not been true. Um, they have added scrap boxes, um, repair boxes or repairable kits, um, things like that. Um, so there have been consumables in the shop now. I mean, an argument could be made that, and I would make that argument that they aren't, they don't give anybody an advantage. Um, and you can get better versions of like, for instance, the repair kits, you can get better versions just by playing the game. Um, the ones you buy in the shop will only repair your weapon to a hundred percent. Whereas the ones you get from playing like the scorch beast queen, um, which is an end game raid, essentially um, you get improved repair kits, which repair your weapons or armor to 150%. Um, So that's done just no atoms involved. So there was a lot of people that weren't happy about those things. And I mean, I can understand why, Um, but as far as fallout first goes, the, I think, the biggest thing on Reddit recently was that they said they were going to be releasing fallout first specific um, items like every other or every month or something like that. And then they haven't for like the last two months. And uh, you know, people are kind of upset about that. They were in the, in the early stages, they were giving us free skins for the tents, right. Which are cool. But if you quit, if you leave your fallout first, you don't get that anymore. So that doesn't really leave you anything. And they were giving a lot of like the NCR Ranger outfits and variations on the NCR Ranger outfits. And, uh, you know, those were cooler, but then lately, I mean, there hasn't been much in the fallout or in the Adam shop for specifically for fallout first members, which I think a lot of people find disappointing. And that's one of the reasons why I did not, uh, re up my membership this last month. Yeah. I I think that's fair. Um, you know, the, the whole idea of microtransactions and, you know, this game obviously doesn't have loot boxes, but in that conversation of you've bought a game and then you have to spend money in the game uh, is, is an interesting conversation, right? And I've defended games that have had it be cosmetics, 
right? Uh, Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Look, if you want to drop your money on on those loot those uh, loot boxes and get those skins and emotes and all that stuff, hey, all power to you. Because at the end of the day, your character isn't going to have any advantage over anybody else's character, and that's fine with me if that's what you want to spend your money on. Uh, but I don't like when someone's given an advantage. I don't like when you can just buy better guns or buy better armor or what have you. This kind of walks that line a little bit, you know, uh, because it allows people like, yeah, those repair kits may not be as good as the ones you can get in the game, but you can buy as many of them as you want without having to spend the time to grind for them. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, the same goes for the scrap, the scrappers. Um, yeah, they gave away Sanatron for free. Uh, so I have that one. I have the Sanatron and, you know, I don't really care that it just says the same Christmas lines all year long. It's still getting me scrap and I didn't have to pay for it, but I think the refrigerator was the first one, wasn't it? The refrigerator were pissed off. about. Yeah. That was a big deal. I thought because that one it, actually kind of does give a gameplay advantage. So. Well, right, because food is necessary to survive in the game, right? You know, you'll start losing your AP and your health and all that other type of stuff. And being able to keep food lasting longer, that would be really helpful to me. That's a, I'm very bad at that. I have food spoil all the time. Um, and so I know that I would like that advantage, but it was like, I think it was 800 atoms or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but it adds up. It adds up, and look, I don't know about you guys, but I paid full price for the game, you know? Um, well, like I mentioned, I bought the Power Armor Edition twice, so yeah, I paid <laughs> way more than full price for the game twice. So, yeah, I mean, I get it, and I can understand why people would be upset. I mean, it didn't bother me that much, but, you know, I definitely can sympathize with people that don't like it. Even speaking of the full price of the game, yeah, I spent full price on it, and because of all the bugs and stuff like that, not even, what was it, three months later, and it was already down to like 20 bucks or 30 bucks. And No, it wasn't even that long. It was like four to six weeks. It was like... It was after a month, and at least in North America, it was after a month. It was like a yeah, Black Friday sale or something like that. You could get it for $20, and it's like, wait a minute, why did I just pay 60 I paid 60 for part of a game, and everyone else is getting the full game for, <laughs> yeah, 20 bucks. I was like, wait a minute, something's wrong here. It was rough. It definitely helped support that argument of maybe pre-ordering is not a great concept anymore because, you know, what? one of the things that modern games don't have to really worry about is shipping bug-free. Back in the day, if you had a bug in your game on a cartridge or a PS1 disc or what have you, you if it was game-breaking, then that was it. The game was done, right? It would be a huge problem. But now there's day one patches that are 5, 10 gigs that just fix a bunch of stuff that they found in the last few weeks. And games like like Fallout, and it's certainly not the only one, continue to get patched even you know months and months and year, a year later. Um. That, that's certainly a frustration for a lot of people. I think early on, one of the problems that a lot of people had with the game was that, um, you know, they did two betas before the game released, something like that. 
but then they were reporting bugs on Reddit and on the Bethesda forums and all these other places. And literally they did fix, there was not even a patch on launch day. Not, none of the bugs from beta got fixed. Um, and there's still bugs in the game today that were there in beta. Mm-hmm. That power armor bug where you look like a giant skeleton, like, or like you have really long arms and long legs. Like you can't see the power armor, but yeah. you look like your body is stretched out inside power armor. That's still in the game. So, I mean, there's stuff that, that is two years in and they still have, some of these bugs are from Fallout 4. Yeah. And one of the other controversies we had to touch on easily, you were talking about pre-orders. Look at uh, Ryan, for example, the bag from the pre-order bonuses, you know. I forgot about that. Oh, I, I remember that because you had the supposed to be nylon nylon bag or, or it was supposed to be a canvas bag and right. you had these two cheap nylon bags and it got such controversy that they had to find a different uh, maker and stuff like that. And it took you, how long did it take you, Ryan? Like four months after launch before they finally sent you the, the four months. Bag? Four months after I filled out the form requesting the, the nylon bag replacement. Yeah, it was a long time. And it wasn't just that because I think they came off of uh, right before the launch of Fallout 76, they had the uh, Fallout Dark or Nuka, Nuka Dark, um, yeah. the rum that they had done. That was like, they made a, you know, the promise was that it was going to be a Nuka bottle of rum, which was something in the Fallout universe called Nuka Dark. And uh, when people got it, it was a super cheap, like plastic uh, cover for the bottle. And then the rum itself was not that good. And a lot of them showed up leaking or had other issues. And so, you know, I know that Bethesda is not the one that makes their merchandise, but all the stuff, kind of you know adding in it was on top of the stuff we've talked about that was controversial in the beginning you know it was a lot to deal with and the game was looked like it was going to be dead for a long time i agree with you completely um and i think part of the, the the issue on top of that too is the people who stuck around like like us for example you know kept saying well it's getting better it's getting better but then every so often some new bugs would be introduced that were just massively game breaking you know, uh, for example, uh, not too long ago, and then I guess it has been reintroduced in some cases, but they broke all the vending machines. They didn't actually break the vending machines. That was, uh, there was a dupe. Uh, basically, this game has been, if you haven't been following it, has been plagued with duplication glitches, um, which is something that people try and do in basically every MMO because it's free money or free whatever, god items. But, uh, you know, that, that's been something they've been fighting since the beginning in this game. They're using a, an engine that wasn't made for multiplayer and then putting multiplayer into it, which means that, you know, if, if you've played any of the previous Fallout games on PC, then you know they're easy to mod. They're e- that was something that people loved about it. If you didn't like something, then you can modify it to have Thomas the train engine be uh, what, super, or what the uh, super mutants look like you know, or whatever. You can mod this stuff super easy. And that was true of this game too, even though it was supposed to be online multiplayer. And so they've, they've been fighting duplications from the beginning. And the, the last one was involving the display cases and the vending machines. The, actually, the duplication glitch was through the display cases. The vending machines had a glitch where um, items from the person's stash, this is supposed to be a safe storage area, would show up in the vending machines uh, to be purchased for whatever the default number of caps are 
that the game assigns to it. So you might have like a God roll on a, you know, 50 cal machine gun that would normally sell for, you know, let's well, just for the sake of argument, 30,000 caps. Um, but then you could pick it up for, you know, 254 caps and that person would be selling it out of their stash and have no idea where it went because they did not list it up for sale. So that was a pretty huge glitch. And, uh, you know, I guess they finally fixed it, but I guess it was tied into the duping somehow. I'm not really sure. I still think the, the most shocking glitch, uh, was a PC only glitch, but it basically allowed another player to interact with you, get access to everything that you were holding and could steal everything, including your pit boy. Yep. And put things onto you too. If they wanted oh, I didn't to know that. Like, get you, <laughs> if they wanted to get you like banned as a, duper or hacker or whatever they could put hacked items onto your character oh geez um so the whole thing was a huge mess and this again ties into something that you could do on fallout 4 um with the with the cheat engine and uh yeah i mean it's not good things and uh, in the early days the du- duplication glitches would would cause the server to crash for everybody mm-hmm um and you know we had several times like that where we'd be playing on a server and all of a sudden all of us would just freeze and the server would crash and most of that time it was because of the duplication glitches they were very common yeah certainly a lot of frustrations and you know taking the fallout 4 engine i mean i understand that thought process right it's a it, it was a good looking game and it was a big game so theoretically it could handle the the load but moving from a completely solo one player experience to a multiplayer online experience they're completely different architectures and so things that were maybe minor issues in fallout 4 that nobody bothered to fix because who cares just they become these massive game-breaking problems when you introduce an online community yeah, and I mean, the fact that the game, like I said, was easily moddable and something that everybody... I mean, all the Bethesda games, if you've ever played them on PC, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mods for every single Bethesda game, and Fallout 4 was no exception. So all that stuff that would work on that Fallout 4 engine would also work on the Fallout 76 engine. And they were, they've were slowly been, you know, turning things off and fixing those little holes in the code, but, you know, it's slow going, and... And, you know, two years in, they should not be still fixing some of these things. Agreed. So, of course, we, we get to the point where the game has a massive overhaul. Um, I'm not sure if it's enough to call it call it a 2.0 necessarily, but it's the Wastelanders uh, expansion, I suppose. It's free. It's free. It's a free add to the game. If you call the DLC, the I thought, but. Yeah, nobody uses the term expansion anymore, but uh, I think it's large enough to be considered an expansion, personally. But um, this, of course, changed a lot for the game. One of the big criticisms before launch was the total lack of NPCs. And that that doesn't mean the monsters or, or the scorched. This means interactive uh, human humanoid players that you could actually speak to. Um that this was the first fallout game to not really have that in any capacity. And I understand how that would have rubbed some people the wrong way. I definitely do. So wastelanders launched in April and brought tons of NPCs and whole new quest lines and and new mechanics, including the, the, the uh, companion system at your camp. Um, Do you guys, do either of you have like a favorite component 
of Wastelanders that you think someone who's not playing should know about? Unfortunately for me, I have, I've been playing it here and there, but I haven't really uh, dug too far into it yet to find a favorite part of it. But um, I don't know. So I do like the interactions a little bit more so far with Wastelanders. The problem, like I said, with the no NPCs in the beginning was half the time I would do a mission and it was just finding another hollow tape, hollow tape, hollow tape. Hey, go search for uh, Fran or something like that. And four hollow tapes later, there's a corpse. It's like, hmm, didn't see that coming. And now at least there's somebody on the ed- end of most of these missions that I can actually enjoy. You know, oh yeah, I actually found the person for a change instead of just uh, a note or you know something else at the end of end of my journey. So um, I can't say too much because I don't. I, you guys haven't played through the main quest lines, and I don't want to spoil anything. But um, it, it's a little disappointing to me that Derek hasn't played through the Overseer's quest line because uh, it heavily is invo- Nuka Cola is heavily involved in Derek's basically his favorite thing that we've all kind of pushed onto him is is uh, the Nuka Cola love, and so I think that he would really get a kick out of that quest line. Um, but the the main quest line where you're dealing with the raiders and the settlers and, uh, you know, you have to pick one by the end of this quest line and go and do this much larger, almost single player raid type uh, quest. That, that was really cool. I've done them a PTS first and I thought that that was the coolest part of what I had played. Um, and even on the the launch server, it was still really cool, and they had fixed some of the glitch, glitches that I had had with it uh, on the PTS. So, uh, yeah, it's I, I really think that the new quest lines that they set up turned out to be really neat. So I have every intention of playing through all of that. I've, I'm in progress. I just haven't gotten far enough in that particular one yet. But you haven't even started the Overseer's one, don't lie. I started it. It's I've been to her, I started I've, it. No, I've been to her house and everything. Okay. I've been at least three missions for her so far, so I'm doing yeah. something. The only bad part is I had to go back and do a mission that I forgot to do from the beginning. I was still looking for the wolf's blood. See, I, the, the thing with me is, uh, I so, okay, my favorite part so far anyway, and again, I haven't finished it all, is is the companion model. I think it's a really great idea, and it's super distracted me, and I spent a lot of time doing those quests. So um, there are different companions you can get in the game, and they will actually set up at your camp. You can, you can do one at a time. They get like a station that represents them, right? And um, I, I have Sophia. She's the astronaut. She's at my camp. And I'm just really into the story. I think it's really interesting. She talks to you. She'll help defend your camp when it gets attacked um, by, you know, creatures and what have. Um, and she'll she'll just kind of interact with you and you can kind of build a relationship. And it, I know that, like, everybody can have the same companion, but it doesn't feel that way. I think they actually wrote it in a way that really feels personal and feels like it's just something you're doing. Um, and I like that. I think that's I maybe that's the point that I think a lot of people were making at launch is the game felt dead inside. And I didn't have that because I was almost always playing with you guys. So there was always life in the game because I always had people I was talking to and teaming up with to do these things. But on the times I did play alone, you know, it's it's a lot of just listening to those holotapes. And there were plenty of times where I'm just like standing in a corner in a room for five minutes listening to a holotape because I don't want to like end up in a fight and not 
hear something I'm supposed to hear. Uh, and that's not a great way, way to play a game. No, but I mean, I, they wanted it initially to feel like an apocalypse, an empty wasteland where you're the one that survived. And I think that that was really effective. And, you know, that might just not be everybody's style of play, but I have a lot of respect for them for sticking to that. And the game did feel really lonely. You'd be wandering around Appalachia and see this beautiful, you know, uh, view in front of you. And it's just you. I mean, it, in the previous games, there would have been NPCs there trying to give you quests and things like that. And there's something to be said for being able to just take take in the game as it was in an emptiness. And I don't know. I thought that was an interesting way to do it. They haven't done that in a previous Fallout game. And I can agree to that a little bit. Yeah, you did feel lonely at times. And there was, yeah, you'd want to look over, like, my favorite place on the Appalachia's the bridge just because it always gives you a cool view of just looking off the bridge and seeing everything getting to the highest point in that certain part of the map and just looking around looking at the ash heap and everything is really cool but yeah there's no one there to do anything with and you can just see the whole thing falling apart but yeah i kind of miss i do miss the npcs uh at least someone up there just pointing something out would be a little bit more something more. Well, I, I think I've liked it both ways. I think I'm with you, Ryan on that. I think that it was a cool way to introduce me to that world, especially as someone who's relatively new to fallout since I barely played for. Um, and that was my only exposure. I didn't start playing shelter until 76 was already out. Um, and, and yeah, I, th- I think wastelanders has definitely been a, a positive addition. Um, if you bought the game and then you just never played it because early on it was buggy and you felt like it was busted. Now would be a good time to go back to it. I can, I, I feel confident saying that um, if you've never bought the game, you know, uh, this, this is certainly a better time to, to go check it out than, than it was a year ago. Um, and then with that in mind, we have the upcoming content. So a couple weeks ago, Bethesda released their 2020 roadmap, uh, which I know is kind of, kind of funny to, to hear that their 2020 roadmap was released in May, but whatever. Um, and basically it has three different releases, summer, fall, and winter. Um, and I don't want to necessarily go through everything here, but do you guys see anything that jumps out to you on the roadmap that you're really interested to either know more about or really excited to dive into? The Brotherhood of Steel coming back is probably the coolest part of it for me. I've, I've always sided with the Brotherhood of Steel in all the games, uh, all the games where they were in it, and it was possible to side with them. Um, so, you know, I, I'm interested in where that goes. I'm not a big lore guy, but uh, I know that the Brotherhood being in Appalachia when they do is not in the lore and doesn't fit the lore, but they had to kind of work it work it in so that because there are some brotherhood of steel quests in the game um so you know i'm curious to see what they do to to lore how much they have to massacre it to get it to uh fit in and see what kind of cool new uh brotherhood of steel stuff we get with it jordan what about you i actually really agree with that point also because yeah brotherhood's really cool and i remember hearing that the brotherhood shouldn't have been around at this point, so I'm really interested to see how that does. Um, I'm also interested that they're bringing, um, 
I'm going to butcher the name if I say it. What's the current uh, thing going on with the mask? How do how are you supposed to say that again? Fastnacked. Fastnacked. Fat. See, that's why I made somebody <laughs> else say it. So um, I like that they're bringing that back. And well, I like it, that it's over now. But but I'm saying they brought it back and they're bringing back uh, a, meek, a meet week event. So it's kind of cool that they're keeping certain events coming back and they're adding new stuff, new mask and new things. So, you know, it's something that if you weren't here for the first time around for these events, you could possibly maybe get the old awards plus the new ones. So it's not like you're, it's kind of like a seasonal thing, you know, Hey, summer's coming. The fast snack uh, festival's coming around. So you might be able to get one of the masks from the previous one, or you'll get a current one. Um, the only thing on the roadmap that really I want to take a look at, there's something about a bombs drop event. I'm kind of interested to see what that's going to be, like how many nukes can you launch? Or, or It's nukes. on the PTS right now. So they have all the information out there for it. Yeah, I haven't seen anything else for it. I just, um, I'm looking currently at the roadmap, and it sounds very interesting. So, and then the camp shelters, uh, it's kind of interesting that's going to be coming up. So, so I'll piggyback on that. So the camp shelters are, are the thing that really caught my eye. So those are supposed to be instanced shelters, uh, which uh, the interiors will be instanced. So what that means for anybody who may not know is sometimes in, in fallout, you can enter a building just by opening the door and walking inside and you can walk around and it's still in the world you were just in. Other times you have to load inside and usually those are larger buildings, um, you know, like the the city hall or the mall, those types of things. Um, this would allow the camps then to be instanced inside. I'm very curious to see how that will play out. Some of these loading times are a little long. Uh, so the idea of just popping into somebody's camp and popping out would be taken away. Uh, so I'm very curious to see, is it the whole thing has to be instanced? Can I have some stuff outside like my vending machines? And that way people can still drop by very easily. And if it is instanced, does that mean the budget for the camp goes up? Because I run out of budget space in my camp all the time because I love building my camp. It's a really fun part of the game for me. I display tons of the shit that I find. Like I have one of each of the, the nukas. I have a bunch of the stuffed animals. Um, I have all the musical instruments, that kind of thing. And it b- burns up the budget. So my hope is those two things. And, you know, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. And I think, I think the reason they're doing that is from a greedy corporate perspective, because like they're releasing new atomic shop items all the, all the time. And, you know, a lot of people are like you and they're near their max or at their max budget. And if you go buy a bunch of cool new atomic shop items, you want to put them in your camp, you have to delete a bunch of old school atomic shop items to do it. And, you know, so I think that they're trying to give us more budget so that we'll buy more in the atomic shop. But I mean, whatever, that's fine. It's, it's good for everybody really. And it seems to be the way it was framed anyway. And in the roadmap announcement was that it's going to be a choice to have it or not. Um, so I hope that that's the case. Cause I, I hope that they give people that option because I know some people don't, don't care about that. They just, they want the, the bare, uh, bare essentials. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now they have a bundle that I may or may not snag. I still can't decide. Uh, that's all the rocket stuff and it's a really great bundle and I really want most of what's in that, but I don't have any budget left in my camp anyway. 
you know, so I'd have to swap stuff out. And um, considering how much time I've put into building camps and moving my camp, and now that they have the companions, yeah, I'll just be curious to see how that all plays into it. Agreed. So we've been talking almost an hour now, so we should probably start kind of wrapping up the conversation a bit. So I have a couple more things I want to go over. Um, the first is, is there anything, any like one thing, one concept or one mechanic that has not been announced that you would like to see added to the game uh, in the next year or so? That's a good question. One thing that I think that they could streamline a bit is the new the nuke process. Um, you know, I don't know if you've been, have you been through a nuke with us, Derek? I have. Yeah. Okay. So you know that it's a huge pain in the ass (laughs) to launch a nuke, right? And that's end game for a lot of people is, you know, farming the Scorched Beast Queen or the Wendigo Colossus. And, uh, you know, the only way to do that is with a nuke. And if you've done it once, then you should be able to store a key card or something like that that allows you to skip the more tedious and monotonous uh, parts of that because, you know, it's not really fun after the first time and it just ends up being more of a pain than it's worth. And I think that that's affecting the game. I feel like it was easier for high level players that have done the nukes before to launch nukes, then the map would be a lot more active. You'd see a lot more nuke launches and uh, you know, those are fun for people. So. Yeah, I definitely remember times where so f- forever Ryan and Jordan have always been the higher two leveled characters in our four person group with John and I on the lower end of that. And so John and I wouldn't for a long time weren't even high enough level to participate in that quest process. And so we'd have to just screw around for like 45 minutes while the two of you went through that ordeal just so we could get to the nuke zone. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would definitely be a better experience for people if it was a little more streamlined. After yeah, I think I think in, if you with no glitches, you can get through it in like twenty or twenty five minutes if you have done it before and you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. But yeah, if you're a solo player, you're not really set up for it. Yeah, it can take thirty, forty minutes. It gets a little crazy. Jordan, what about you? Any feature you'd like to see? Um, one of the things, especially with the way the map is set up, I want to. Like I I enjoy some of the raids they've had in this thing, um, so I would like to see more raids because like we have um, I think somewhere like six vaults just on our Appalachia map, not including seventy six. So I would like you know maybe raids into the vaults more often. I think there's supposed to be one new one with the Wastelander one coming out. One of the vaults gets open, but um, I want better raids to. Because I think those are always more fun, especially with the open world like this, where ever you can get so many people to play it. I want more uh, instead of just the we have the Scorch Beast thing by launching the nuke. I want more uh, specialty raids to get more special items to open up a little bit more. I think we've only had like one or two, maybe three. I think we. I think there was the sewers under. Uh, can't remember what the heck it's called harper's ferry yeah i only only did that one time yeah i think we did that one time and i think there was one of the other vaults had something in it and then that's it like i i like doing raids i like playing those in different games but it's like this one just doesn't have it and we got 
like I said, we got six vaults to work with. You can make them so many different things. I mean, you, we've heard all the vault stories. God only knows there could be so many different creatures or monsters hidden in one of the vaults and then a big baddie at the end that you can only get this special gun from. I just think that'd be a lot more fun if they could maybe add that in. Uh, so for me, I'd like to see some vehicles. Um, you know, there's lots of broken down, destroyed cars and stuff throughout the map, but there's, you know, randomly there's equipment that works. There's computer stations that are fine and other things of that nature. And I think we're at a point where people should be able to start repairing vehicles and maybe you could have a quest line that, you know, you have to collect the appropriate components and what have you to be able to build, you know, a car or a motorcycle or something. Um, I think that would be super cool because I would totally just cruise throughout the map uh in a in a car of some kind i would really like that um, yeah that's never going to happen just i know well it's but, not like a feasible thing that they're going to add into the game it will never happen look lots of mmos have vehicles to i'm assist. not saying that it's, it's yes you're right but that's never going to happen in this game <laughs> i'm just being realistic with you what if they didn't go full-on vehicle what if you just found like a bike or something like that that you know can... they won't do it all right yeah, I guess. <laughs> Think of all the weird visual glitches with your character trying to ride a bike. Yeah, I mean, they can't even <laughs> handle power armor, let alone a bike. Hey, the bike could just hover, you know, it could be like a Back to the Future Ooh, hoverboard, just kind of... There you go. That way you don't have to worry about the legs moving, chains moving, just... No wheels. I like it. That, it just kind of hovers across. I mean, like, is he glitching, or is that just how the bike works? <laughs> that sounds like... That's Bethesda's sweet spot right there, I think. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, any final thoughts or suggestions or anything you want to throw out to our listeners on Fallout 76? I mean, really just give it a try. If, the, if you haven't tried it before, it's definitely worth worth a try. And the you can get it for almost nothing at most places now. I think uh, a couple of them may have it like 20 bucks or something like that, but there's always a deal going on. And there's always a free weekends that pop up randomly. So if you haven't given it a shot, wait for a free weekend, give it the weekend, give it a couple hours. You might enjoy it. You might not. I mean, it's, it's gotten a lot better since when we started and all I can say about fallout 76 is give it a chance. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say, uh, if you like the game, if you're already playing the game and you like it, the the thing that will get through or you don't like it the thing that will get through to the developers is your wallet you can vote with your wallet you know if you subscribe to fallout first you know it's it's 12 bucks a month to tell the developers that you really like their game um you know or you buy some atoms um you know then that tells them that they're doing the things you like if you don't do those things if you cancel your fallout first membership or don't spend any money in the vault or the atomic shop you know, that's a really, in any game, but especially in this game, that's a really good way of showing them that they, you don't like the path they're going down. And, and they have in the past shown to follow the trends of what people like. So, um, you know, make sure that you're you're voting with your wallet and letting them know if you like or don't like things that, that are going on. And hopefully they'll listen. Good stuff, guys. Well, I appreciate all of that. It's a good conversation about Appalachia. Thank you both for joining me. Um, 
Ryan, of course, you know this this spiel here. If people want to reach out to you, or you know, if you want to uh, promote something that you do, maybe on the side of this show, what might that be? I have no idea what you're talking about. Come on, I, I play video games and do podcasts. That's that's the entirety of my life. You're not even going to plug your business when you're a guest on a different show. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I I build I build stuff and sell it. So Google Buster Props and you'll find some of it. Uh, Jordan, I know that you're not like the biggest social media man in the world, but if you're uh, if you have a public account that people can reach you at, what what might that be? Uh, just always look up Casey Deadman. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm on Instagram and and Facebook. So, but. Unfortunately, I haven't done a lot with it recently, but hopefully um, coming here, I'm trying to get back uh, at least into my cosplay and hoping to build some stuff in the future and maybe start my own little business. Ooh, look at that. That's a big, uh, big breaking news story right there. I didn't know that. (laughs) I do a lot of woodworking, so I'm trying some stuff out. Nice. Well, thank you both for joining me. I appreciate it. I'm sure I'll have you on again in the future and we'll talk another time. Always a pleasure. No goodbye, Ryan. Goodbye, Ryan. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed our discussion on Fallout 76, Wastelanders, and the roadmap for 2020 for the game. I really appreciate you sticking with us. Our next episode, which comes out in two weeks, we'll be discussing the original Halo combat evolved so we'll be talking about that i'm really excited about it and uh, it's one of my favorite franchises i can't wait for infinite to come out i'm super excited about about halo infinite so please join us for that and otherwise we'll catch you next time game on gamer heroes is produced by the heroes podcast network and hosted by me Derek mayer follow me at the star trek dude on twitter you can subscribe to the show on spotify apple podcasts spreaker podcast addict and anywhere else you listen to podcasts follow us on twitter at gamer heroes pod or facebook and instagram at heroes podcasts stream our latest episodes and catch other hpn shows on our website heroespodcasts.com game on <laughs>